0: increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STR Anomics. Hey everybody, welcome back to STRonomics. I'm joined by my co-host and good friend and new father, Kenny Bedwell. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: It's going very, very well. You know, I'm uh, excited. Spring's finally here. Bookings are are coming in better than they were three months ago. Hopefully for everybody around the country, Thank even goodness. those of you in Logan, Ohio, that Kenny and I
1: love our friends up in Logan, Ohio. Hey, real real quick, I uh, I talked to a good friend of mine who you know as well. I won't say names, but she was telling me about somebody in. there's a Logan, Ohio group or Hawkins Hill group and they posted for for hosts and they posted like the podcast and they were like, what do you guys think of this? And like, it started like a, a huge like debate, you know, over their market and stuff. And so anyway, we're just glad to, to be here to stir the pot <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah, you know, and be, uh we're, we'll probably get sponsored in that group or something. So. I'm. I
0: still think we should go up to the entrance to the state park or whatever. Is there the sod
1: farm that they have in Logan, Ohio, and do a live, a live broadcast? There you go. There. there you go. I told her. I said, "Well, hey, look. Maybe we'll just scare people away, like competition from coming in, and you know, actually help you guys out." I got to know who that is now. I don't know who that is. Y- you know who it is. <laughs> I do.
0: Yes. It's a lady. Yes. What's the first letter of the first name? S. Uh, it doesn't really help a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay I, real estate agent no okay i i don't know we'll talk i'll type that. in the chat or something but uh, <laughs> there you yeah, go anyway. yeah put it in the private <laughs> chat who we're, is we're, it yeah.
1: we don't hate
0: logan ohio though everybody i mean honestly we're just here to tell you what the best places are to you know invest in and you know kenny goes over the data and then i i'm here as a color commentator to show you how to take that data and literally make more money with it right i mean that's the the whole deal and you know in all fairness to Logan Ohio it was number 1 on Kenny's list in September of of 2021 it's just not there anymore and and it's really interesting it's not what we're talking about today but you know the the trends change Kenny and maybe this should be yeah. the topic actually of you know what what we invested into 6 months ago and it might have been a top 10 market it's not a top 10 market anymore there's this ebb and flow of you know desire and traffic and just it's it's why Shopping malls are dead today after COVID, right? It's why certain cities, you know, have are a, a buyer's market today versus still a seller's market. It's the demand, you know, in those marketplaces. And I'm sure you're seeing them fluctuate. I I probably log in your platform as much as you do. I'm in buying mode again. I'm going to Kentucky tomorrow morning. I'm leaving at 5 a.m. to go look at that property that I sent to you the other day to put my eyes on it. And, you know, that, I believe that whole bourbon trail is an emerging market, especially knowing what they're investing into that entire, you know, bourbon community over the next few years. It's crazy. That thing could blow up. It's already really good, but that doesn't mean it's going to be great five years from now or 10 years from now. So what do you see in those trends? I might have to retitle this podcast
1: when we're done, by the way. Yeah. What what am I seeing in those trends? So it's really, for me, it's kind of hard to make that projection beyond, you know, maybe a year, simply because, you know, we don't really know what we don't know, like what's going to happen. However, just from experience and seeing like what COVID did to certain markets, you know, and, and, you know, call me the Blue Ridge hater, but, you know, like Blue Ridge, for example, or even Broken Bow blew up some of these markets to a point where the competition has just gone through the roof. And, there's so much new construction, so much new um, new listings in the market where you know these markets saw 60, 70% increases in total active listings over the last two to three years, where, or even more than that, or 200% even, where it's just like there's just so much influx in the market. And then all of a sudden, there's a setback, meaning people adjust. People are no longer going to Blue Ridge, like flying into Atlanta to drive it to Blue Ridge. That's not a thing. It's just people coming from Atlanta. Well, when people from Atlanta, Georgia, and maybe, you know, maybe Charlotte, maybe Knoxville area stop going to Blue Ridge and they start traveling and flying to other destinations, they see a setback in that industry. We saw the same thing in Broken Bow. We're seeing the same thing in a lot of other places. Happening more. in Beach Mountain. Yep. Beach Mountain, I mean, a lot of markets have some sort of saturation going on at different levels. And so, you know, with emerging markets, we have to be careful because sure, you know, yeah, you know, and and please don't take this as like, I'm dissing on Kentucky. But that that is a great example of an emerging market. But are there any things in place that are going to restrict that growth? Are you know, because you just said it, I mean, you're going to have at least 10 people who are listening to this podcast start looking at places in Kentucky, now. Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, okay, so that's 10 more people in the market, there were only 60 people last week (laughs) in some of these towns in Kentucky, you know, and so like, how is that going to impact it? And then over time, is that the word gets out? Yeah, I know. probably
0: shouldn't have said that I'm going up to Kentucky tomorrow. Thank Maybe God. By the, the time first this first airs, I,
1: I will either be under contract or not yeah. be under
0: uh, contract. And you guys need to go back and, and watch my STR unfiltered episode of why you should never follow, I hate this word, an influencer into a market. It's, it's what happened with probably Brandon had a lot to do with Blue Ridge. And I had a lot to do with Beach Mountain. And Avery had a lot to do with the the Smokies, even though that's a much bigger, you know, market. And then people went into Broken Bow and people started talking about that on social media. And it's why you should never get investment advice just from the general population of people on, you know, social media. And you got to have some concrete data behind it. But it's not just Logan, Ohio. Uh, Please don't think that Kenny and I hate Logan, Ohio. We don't hate Blue Ridge. We're sharing the data with you. And the same things happened. There was like 424 new STRs in Beach Mountain alone. I'm not talking Banner Elk and that whole boon all the way down the Newland area. I'm crushing in Banner Elk. Not so much in Beach Mountain. It doesn't help that we didn't get any snow, you know, there during the winter market either. But it is, I don't know anybody in that market. And I started my own private Facebook group up there. I don't know anybody in Beach Mountain that is doing well. I literally have... A ski and ski out house, like one of the best locations that I co-host. I don't own this property and it's $2.99 a night, sleeps 20 people. Wow. That's insane. That was $2,000 a night when we had snow. And I don't think there's going to be demand through the entire summer. I think what happened to Logan, Ohio, where that drops. And remember, there's also a difference between Logan, Ohio and, and what is it? Hawking Hill, I think is the name. But Hawking Hill's the submarket. That is much stronger than just the, the prime market of Logan, Ohio, right? If you look at that whole Western North Carolina area, there's like 25 different submarkets that's there and it makes a huge difference of where you go. Interestingly, Kenny, when I was making my investments up there, you know, we talked a lot. I didn't know the area very well and Kenny's the one that turned me on to Banner Elk and I spent $1.6 million on a purchase, the biggest investment I've ever made into a short-term rental. Thank God it's panning out well, or I would blame Kenny, just like all of you from Logan, Ohio. But it was this niche that you found in the market, right? It was the size at that time. Right. And there was like nobody over occupancy of 14 or 16. And I remember the first property I looked at when I went up there, Kenny was in Seven Devils. And there wasn't a view. And there was like a goat farm right next to it. The house was great. Game room, amenities, hot tub, little waterfall, all this type of stuff. But man, am I glad I did not buy that property. And, you know, that I bought the views, that I bought, you know, newer, I bought bigger, two acres, all that type of stuff. And it was in Banner Elk versus being in Seven Devils. And I think a lot of people don't understand the difference between Hawking Hill and, you know, Logan. They don't understand the difference between J Blue Ridge, or Hiawassee Lake, or whatever that is. And they think that Asheville... Is everything from Hendersonville to Maggie Valley, you know, to Swannanoa? It's not. They're all different markets, and you have to look at them on their own accord, and then the individual property,
1: right? And I and I think that's important too. Like you know, we we're talking about Kentucky. There's a lot of tiny towns there, you know. And you say, oh well, the Bourbon Trail. It's like this long line. It's like well, certain areas on the Bourbon Trail have better foot traffic than other areas. One common fallacy, I see people well, 2 million people a year go to the distilleries, you know, on the bourbon trail. Well, not all the distilleries, they only go to certain ones, you know, and they might hit up, you know, certain parts of it. So it's not all 2 million people going to your area that you're specifically targeting in, you know, this particular market in Kentucky you know, it's certain areas and sub markets. And that's true about every other large regional market. You know, when you say the Smoky Mountains, I mean, that one's got a lot of foot traffic. Don't get me wrong, but not everybody is going into Surveyorville. Not everybody is even going into Gatlinburg. You know, most people are, but it's just like understanding how these markets function and the sub markets would then will help us get a better idea of what's missing and what we should be going after. I'll just add this too: When you said Don't follow influencers. I've seen people do that and make that mistake. And what ends up happening is they just go into the market. They don't pick the right locations. They don't do the research behind, okay, I'm just following this person to the name of this market because they're here and they're doing well. And that's the mistake is they'd stop at that point of research and don't carry on. Like the
0: bourbon trail, that's a long trail, right? And it's in, in the place that I sent to you that I'm going to see tomorrow. I'm attracted to the property. I've got to learn about that location, right? That's, that's the deal. The property, I could take that property and plop that down anywhere in the country. And the property is going to be the same and it's attractive. And it's, it's, especially once I get done with it, it's got a lake, it's seven acres, all this stuff. The price point's great. But if it's not in the right spot, then I'm not going to make that investment. Speaking of the right spots, this is just fucking reckless, Kenny. Sorry, I don't usually say that on our podcast. I save that for my own. I literally just got an email. I'm not going to say who it's from. It is from a lender, and it's the best markets to invest in today. And I'm just—did you get this? Okay, I'll. Check literally, the- metro markets, Nashville and Houston, oh the God. two top best metro markets, urban markets to invest into. Those so off base. The flyable markets, Waikiki, Hawaii, and Jackson, Wyoming. Are you fucking kidding me? All they're trying to do is sell DSCR loans. Drivable markets, Galveston, Texas. I'll give them that. Chattanooga might be viable. Best markets in the country.
1: Uh, Chattanooga's got some crazy restrictions. They do. And this
0: is what I'm saying about being reckless. And if you follow this and you just go into these markets and you start investing, without doing your own deep due diligence, you could make a bad investment. And I'm sure these people are going to figure out who this is and they're going to be pissed off at me, but it's, so be it. This is the stuff here that's positioned for them to sell you property and do loans. Nobody should be investing into Waikiki and Jackson, Wyoming unless you got like $10, 20000000 million net worth and it's a lifestyle asset. That is not going to work. You might be able to find five properties in Waikiki That will work. You might be able to find zero properties in Jackson hole that are going to pencil out to give you a, even a 10% cash on cash return, or even to generate any type of cash flow is going to be nearly impossible there. What do you think about those markets when I tell them to you?
1: (laughs) Um, I mean, if you're an investor, you shouldn't be looking at those markets. If you're, if you're looking for a second home to, you know, vacation to, and spend time with your family and you probably will have to pay a little bit of money for that because they're not going to carry your costs either um dude kenny i got so excited about a year ago
0: i saw this place in jackson hole and it was like 1.7 million dollars when i was looking in montana and i pulled up and i saw the house and it was this 10,000 square foot mega mansion and then i saw oh that's for one eighth you know share in the property yeah i mean you can't buy anything there for less than like five million it's ridiculous Yeah. And then they, they also have some permitting stuff too. So very challenging. I mean, so, but this is the stuff that I'm talking about. This email will influence people, right? And it's reckless on their part. And so that's one of the reasons that we talk about Logan, Ohio, beach mountain. And look, I'm not just saying Logan, Logan, beach mountain is probably worse from an oversaturation standpoint. You know, Blue Ridge is the same thing, broken bow, because you need to be on alert. We're not saying don't invest there. We're not saying the market sucks. You can go to a shitty market in this industry and find a property that's going to be good. It's all at a property level, right? I mean, that's the thing that I hate, Kenny. And I saw it in my group yesterday. Hey, you know, what do you think about this market? Who's investing in this market? It's not about the market, it's your property. It's the duplex, quadplex, tiny home, you know, 10 acres, single family home, whatever it is. That's what's going to determine if you're making money or not.
1: A lot of people don't like realize that because of real estate investing, it's not really pot. It's just not how people think because they kind of copy it's common practice to copy. This person did it this way. I'm going to do it that way. And it's going to work out. And that's, that's very common in like long term rentals or, you know, multifamily investing. Agreed. Um, a very, a very like template boilerplate, like do this, do this, do this, boom, you know, like, and, The problem with short term rentals is it's completely, it's a different animal. It's completely based on how you run it, how you set it up, you know, where the property is located, all these other variables that don't necessarily impact, you know, like for example, you know, long term rentals. It doesn't matter. It just has to be in the town, you know, and it's going to pull the same rate, rental rates as, you know, maybe one neighborhood's nicer than another, but you know, this neighborhood's nicer than another and it can generate X amount in rents because that's what the market has set. Whereas in short-term rentals, it doesn't matter. You're playing on people's emotions because that's where you're getting them to book there. And so what happens is this now investment style or best, the, the way you're investing, it changes your strategy on how you need to think about it. And what I mean by that is it, it actually kind of resembles how we're looking at maybe stocks or ETFs or, or buying into a company that you you actually have to create an investment theory or hypothesis about why and what's going to work for your investment strategy. So what I mean by that is if I was, you know, saying, you know, look, what are some common blue chips or really popular companies that I see that are going to be successful that are going to last the stand of time or, you know, certain things that might happen politically or, you know, economically and, you know, let's say Amazon, I'm really bullish on Amazon. And so Amazon is my play and I'm going to buy Amazon and that's and I believe it's going to last and this is why And people are doing that with short-term rentals. And I think we need to think of it like that too. You know, it's one thing to go and invest in a market, but there's no like theory or hypothesis as to just why, oh, people go there, but where are they going and why are they going? You know, like if you want to go to invest in Kentucky, cool. But like what other investment strategies can you do? It's not just buying single family homes. It could be buying multifamily, buying tiny homes, like you said, you know, setting up glamping sites. Like, those are separate strategies that can be implemented into any type of market even buying a certain bedroom count is a particular strategy people aren't creating that as they go into they're just going in and trying to find something that fits their budget that they can afford
0: and it's interesting you bring up you know kind of the stock market etfs or buying blue chips you know you can still buy exxon or apple or you know tesla or amazon whatever And most of those companies are too big to fail at this point, you know, especially, you know, if Amazon was going to fail, the government would bail them out in some form or fashion. There's no question, but you look at those blue chips, but a well diversified portfolio is going to have blue chips. Like I only own Berkshire Hathaway stock. I'm a blue chip guy. I'm not taking flyers on crypto and, you know, all this, you know, penny stocks and, you know, all the T sheets and all that type of stuff. And I, I, you know, I wish I would have taken a flyer on Tesla back in the day you know, before it was Tesla, everybody does. But you talk about those blue chip markets, Broken Bow is not a blue chip market. The bourbon trail is not a blue chip market. The bourbon trail is like a flyer, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, is it going to continue to grow? Can it sustain? And it's so long, if you will, that you have to pick that right spot. There's no such thing from an investment standpoint as the bourbon trail, in my opinion. It's going to be those little micro areas of the bourbon trail. And like the place that I'm going to tomorrow, Kenny is like almost 90 minutes from where Eric is. Right. So like, I can't even, I can have the discussion with him about it, but it's so not going to be relevant to the geographic location that I'm going to. And those are things that I think people don't understand. It's like the people that get crushed investing in the stock market, in my opinion, are the ones that watch Squawk Box. And Ron and sauna. And then they make yes. their investments based off what they see on CNBC. And they're not doing their own research. I look at like Squawk Box and CNBC as Facebook today for short-term rental investors. Right. And I mean, why would I go invest into trucking companies, you know, yellow transportation, I don't know anything about them. I, I know a little bit about Berkshire Hathaway, but what I do know is it's the gold standard stock with, you know, to that my grandfather held and my mother held and that I've held. And, you know, I have bought three shares on my own and, you know, inherited three shares and, and they're going to, they're not going to go away. Those things aren't going to go down to $50,000 anytime soon, unless they do like a, you know, whatever that would be a six for one split. Apple, I think is a sound investment. So the question becomes is I think your risk mitigation, you know, it's risky to go into an emerging market. It's risky to go into an un- proven market. The Smokies are going to be there forever. Gulf Shores is going to be there forever. Disney's going to be there forever, right? And some will argue that Disney's saturated. You know, I think Disney is saturated in segments of the market geographically and also bedroom count size. So what's interesting is you don't see anybody asking Kenny, in a Facebook post, Hey, I'm thinking about going into this market. Who's been successful with this bedroom count and this micro location. And that's Mm. the conversation that should be happening. And then it should be the next step. Hey, Kenny, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going into, uh, Oh, what's the name of the Watkins Glen. You know, how many bedrooms do you have there? You know, can you share your, your, how much revenue have you done? What are your operational costs? What are property taxes? Would you do it again today? You know, kind of going deeper into those conversations, that would revolve around also somebody that has that similar hypothesis or that similar plan. And that's where, you know, being around people outside of just social media that are trying to achieve the same goals of you that are making similar investments becomes absolutely critical. It's why I love having these conversations with you and like the super team, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the interesting thing about the super team is we all are experts in different areas of business and application and that type of stuff. But, The conversations that we have together, like when we did our photo shoot or, you know, when we're in in, at the conference together, those are the conversations I want to have, but nobody's having those specific intentional conversations on social media.
1: Yeah, no, because we're all focused on just short, quick, you know, post, Hey, anybody here? And then all the realtors jump in. Oh yeah, it's a great market. (laughs) So Exactly. uh, I guess my like kind of last like closing thoughts here too is when you're looking at an emerging market, so, you know, we'll take the bourbon trail, for example, yes, you know, bourbon's not going to go anywhere and that market will continue to climb and gain traction. However, on the flip side of it, you got to think about supply, supply of the number of listings will continue to increase as well. And so you can't expect, we're at like a point in time and you can't expect To be ten years down the road and be at the same point in terms of performance, like you're either going to have to increase or change and adapt in some certain ways, and if you're not in the right location, you then have to start competing on price, and it's like a it's almost like a zero sum game where you lower your prices, your competitor lowers their prices, and you keep going down to make that money. And so, sure, supply hasn't met demand yet. We're not oversaturated in some of these markets. Some of these markets, sorry, not oversaturation is not a word, saturated, but we have to think about in the future, what if all of a sudden there were just communities of short-term rentals built nearby? Would I still be able to compete and outperform everybody else? You know, we can't predict everything. We can't say, okay, you know, what if it was the exact same house? no one's going to do that, but we really need to value the location, the sub market and the type of property we have when we're trying to make those decisions and entering
0: an emerging market. I think what you just said looking five years down the road people don't think that way they think about the here and now right and a lot of them aren't even thinking and they may not know that you know most of the data that they're getting is a trailing 12 months right that it's not looking into the future it's not even real time you know today and you know that's what you got to understand it's kind of the whole Performa thing, right, of understanding where you're getting your data, what that data is based on, putting it into a Performa, and you have to be looking into that future. It's why I shouldn't have even mentioned that I'm going to, you know, the Bourbon Trail, because then people will start looking into it. And I'm sure people looked into Watkins Glen when, you know, they found out that you invested there. And it's more about the individual property than it is about the market. Look, I've got a dud in Beach Mountain right now, and I've got my second best performing in my portfolio in Banner Elk. They're literally like nine miles apart, but they're two completely different markets where most people just think they're part of Western North Carolina. So that's where going deep in your research versus wider is way more important. That's why we advocate for running performos. Bakey and I got into a conversation with somebody in social media yesterday you know, about they're not running Performas. And I just did an STR Unfiltered podcast that went out this morning about how can you buy a property without running a Performa? And I think that's something that I would like to, maybe we tackle in the future is kind of running through a Performa and, you know, going through what really, what's the data that, the important data that can't be missed, you know, when someone's mm. going to invest. Thank mm. you guys for joining us on this episode of STR anomics. Happy hosting everybody. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today.
1: This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.